This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Heard every Saturday morning at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. Welcome, friend, to our weekly garden party. We hope you brought along your questions because it's time to dish the dirt. On The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin, exclusively on Zoomer Radio. Yes, good morning. Welcome to The Garden Show on Zoomer Radio with Charlie Dobbin, aided and abetted by yours truly, Dean Holland. How are you this morning, Charlie Dobbin? I am absolutely wonderful. How are you? I'm good. It is so white. It's winter. Winter has arrived. Again. <laughs> Again. The, the, the next wave of winter has arrived. Yeah, we got a bunch of snow. How about you? Not probably quite as much as you, but yeah, no, we're really white here. We probably got five centimeters, maybe. Nice. A couple inches. But yeah, yeah it's beautiful. Very it nice. And beautiful. nice to see because it is February after all. And it's family day weekend. So hopefully families can get out and enjoy some of the snow and have do some snow sports. Yes. And it's important to have the snow as well, right? For water levels and for blanketing those plants, right? It really is important. It sure is. And the cooler temperatures put everything back to sleep, hopefully. But we're going to talk more about who's awake and who's asleep later in the show when Paul Indeed. Oliver joins us. Mr. Bird. I am very excited. But in the meantime, you have, you know, you have some uh, announcements, but I'd love to give out the phone numbers first. And again, we would love to hear any any garden questions for sure. But today, because we have Paul Oliver on the show, we're especially keen to have any bird related questions because that is his specialty. So, you know, it can be a plant and bird related question. We've had those as well. So please give us a call at 416-360-0740. Or if you live outside Toronto, uh, use this toll-free number, one 866 And do let Ashy know, or Ashy's our producer, let her know if you are a first-time caller, and then she will relay that to us, and I will give you your garden wings. And uh, we want you to call often. We want you to call early, please. And uh, this one's an important one. Please, one question per call so we can get them all in, okay? Otherwise, I have to play bad cop. Oh, you know, so there you go. There you go. And I'll do it. The mantra, call early, call often, one question per caller. You got it. Now, you have (laughs) announcements. Yeah, A whole bunch of them. We're really getting into that time of year. It's CD Saturday in a number of locations. Uh, The the two that have contacted me were the Northumberland Master Gardeners. They're hosting their CD Saturday today at the Masonic Hall 54 Toronto Road in Port Hope. That's from 11 to 3 today. Remember, there's vendors there. They're going to be selling things to do with seeds and growing seeds. There's typically master gardeners on hand to answer questions. Down Niagara Way, same thing, uh, from 10 to 3 today at the Meridian Community Center in Font Hill, the master gardeners are hosting a CD Saturday. Meanwhile, a couple of notes. Um, Rosemary Dobson sent in a, an email or two. One is the Ontario Rock Garden and Hardy Plant Society meeting tomorrow at the Toronto Botanical Gardens. That is, of course, at 77 7- and seven Lawrence Avenue East. Um, the time on that is one o'clock. The speaker is Marion Jarvie. She is an amazing speaker, not to mention a very smart person. Her topic is 
conifers, an indispensable garden plant. Everyone, of course, is welcome to come listen to her. And you know what? Speaking of Paul Oliver and birds, I bet you he's going to have something to say about conifers because they are so, so important in the garden as shelter for birds, uh, particularly in the cold and when there's hawks around and any of that stuff. Um, this Tuesday, February 20th, 7.30 p.m., the Toronto Cactus Society is meeting. And again, I believe they meet at the Toronto Botanical Gardens and they're bringing in cactuses for show and tell. So check them out, the Toronto Cactus Society, this Tuesday, Toronto Botanical Gardens, 7.30 p.m. Okie dokie. Great. Okay. Well, again, the phone lines are open. We're starting to fill them up. Get in line, get in queue with your questions. We will be right back with much more on The Garden Show. Happy birthday to you. Hey, Bye. where's mom going? She hasn't even opened her presents. Well, son, she just turned 65, which means there's new offers for her at Specsavers. What? Yep, an eye exam now costs her nothing, and she can get 30% off lens upgrades with any pair of glasses. Wow. So, can we cut the cake now? You betcha. No-cost eye exams are for eligible seniors at all participating locations with costs covered by provincial health care. Conditions apply. See specsavers.ca. Daffodils and daisies, bluebells and begonias, forsythia and foxgloves, marigolds, magnolia, lavender and lupins, dahlias, delphiniums, stalks, fox, hollyhocks, tulips and sweet williams. You've picked the right place for everything floral. This is The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin, exclusively on Zoomer Radio. Yes, we are back here on The Garden Show. And Charlie, we have a very special guest. I'm going to hand it over to you to introduce that special guest. I will for sure. We've got a joining us again, but always with great pleasure. We welcome Paul Oliver. He runs the Urban Nature Store. He's got stores all over Ontario and I think a couple in the works. So maybe he'll tell us more about what's going on at the, the retail level. But meanwhile, Paul is a urban nature specialist. And of course, birds are on my mind. It's today, it's family day weekend. We've got the bird count going on. So birdcount.org for anybody who wants to watch a very interactive map. And I was drinking my coffee on my back porch just prior to the show. In the few minutes I was out there, I counted at least 14 blue jays and a very large woodpecker, which I have not yet identified what kind it is, but it was really big. So maybe was, Paul can help. Yeah. <laughs> How are you, Paul? Good morning. It's, it's, it's good to be here. Uh, and uh, definitely make sure you're uh, uh, logging in your account there for the uh, Great Bird account. It runs right up until Monday. It's a great activity to do on family day. All it takes is about 15 minutes of your time. You can do it all day, but 15 minutes is the basic time. And it's a great way to keep help everyone keep track of our wild bird uh, migration, our um, counts of birds out there. Um, as I say, changes to, um, in the old days, it used to be the canary in the cold mine that would be the first mm -hmm. uh, light to tell us that something was wrong. Now it's the cardinal, the chickadee, the finch. Everyone is telling us uh, to keep our uh, ears and our uh, little beaks up uh, to, to watch for any problems. Right. It's citizen science at its best, don't you think? It is, and it's such a great activity for kids to do. Um, mm -hmm. Nothing better than a young child going out with his family um, and being able to spot a cardinal and then being able to go home and enter it on the computer and record nice. it and then yes, see his exactly. results pop up. Yeah. 
It's true. So listen, um, when I, you and I spoke, I was trying to get you to come for last weekend because last weekend it was 11 degrees and sunny at my house. Today it's more like minus six and overcast, but we had such a blip of super warm weather right across Ontario, not not just Southern, but Northern Ontario as well, as far as I know. What do you think? How, How are the birds coping? Well, like I'm confused when I get up and I don't know whether I should be putting on my winter boots or my summer sandals. And (laughs) imagine the the birds, they're getting ready to migrate. Some of them are already uh, here already for the winter. Um, It's it's really throwing off the cycles for Mm -hmm. our wildlife and our birds. Um, And partly because it throws it off for them, but also it throws it off for their food source. Um, I was just noticing that there was a huge um, drop in grape production in the wine industry in B.C. because of cold snap in the middle of a warm snap. And um, and so that's going to happen to the berries that we have on bushes out here, the food sources that the birds are looking at. I was watching a, a, a little robin in my backyard. He was pecking around looking for insects last week. Um, not a lot of insects mm-hmm. in the ground, but he had already come back and was settling in for the uh, summer. And uh, and today he's out there in the middle of a snowbank trying to figure out where the ground is even to peck to look for insects. And yeah, so, exactly. Uh, so I feel bad for them. And you're right about British Columbia. I did. I got a note. The, the cherries have really they've had a big failure because the cherry flowers, the blossoms got frosted off in parts yeah. of British Columbia. So there may not be too many cherries coming out of B.C. this spring. Or yeah, and we, we, and we get the updates of this because the commercial farmers are monitoring it very closely, but no one's monitoring the raspberry bush or the blackberry bush in the forest that the mm-hmm. birds normally rely on. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. those changes could be Im- impacting them and their, their buds being uh, uh, frozen off and the fruit production going down. So um, it, 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 it is really an indication of some of the changes that are going on in the climate that uh, we, uh, we all need to be very aware of. Yeah, exactly. So um, any, any thoughts on things we can do as, as you know, stewards of our own little plots of, of land that, you know, I mean, obviously keeping the feeders full. I know Dean's been all over that. He's become Mr. Bird to the point where his children are now teasing him that he's <laughs> Birdman. <laughs> Um, Yeah, definitely keeping the feeders full, but also making sure we check the feeders because a lot of times with the snow, they could be closing a squirrel-proof feeder and the feed is in there, but the birds can't get at it. Platform feeders that are covered with snow and the seed is under the snow, um, those types of things. Uh, The other thing is putting water out for the birds. Um, Mm. Just even if you don't have a heated bird bath or something like that, just take a big bowl, put it out in the morning um, for three or four hours. The birds can access it and they use it to bathe in and they also use it to drink. And uh, that's a really big uh, help for, for the birds. And then going back to your earlier comment, if we're gardeners and we're replanting, our backyard, conifers, 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 evergreens, evergreens, evergreens. Yeah. 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 Okay, okay. I noticed that. I noticed how much the birds love the evergreens at my place. They're always deking in and out of them, particularly when it's snowing or there's a hawk overhead. Yes. <laughs> Indeed. Okay. Uh, listen, we have to take our first break, uh, but we have callers on the line. We'll be right back with much more on The Garden Show. Happy birthday to you. Hey, Bye. where's mom going? She hasn't even opened her presents. Well, son, she just turned 65, which means there's new offers for her at Specsavers. What? 
Yep, an eye exam now costs her nothing. And she can get 30% off lens upgrades with any pair of glasses. Wow. So, can we cut the cake now? You betcha. No-cost eye exams are for eligible seniors at all participating locations with costs covered by provincial health care. Conditions apply. See specsavers.ca. Don't change stations just because the weather changes. Garden tips and advice all year round. This is The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin, exclusively on Zoomer Radio. Yes, here we are back on The Garden Show. Numbers to call, 416-360-0740 or 1-866-740-4740 with your gardening questions or today, because we have Paul Oliver on the show, any bird questions you have. Okay, let's go to our first caller. We have Bibi on the line from Etobicoke. Welcome to The Garden Show, Bibi. Hello, how are you? Morning. How are you? Yes, what do you got for Charlie I there? I brought in uh, about four geraniums that the fall, and they're breeding tiny flies. And those little flies are getting bigger and bigger. How <laughs> can I get rid of the flies? Okay, so the little flies, do they look like fruit flies? Almost. Yeah. Yeah, so likely, very likely, what they are are little that look like fruit flies to the naked eye, but they're actually gnats. So G-N-A-T-S, gnats, but they're called fungus gnats. So they're little tiny insects that fly around. You'll know you've got them in a plant if you take the palm of your hand and you bang the side of the pot, a whole cloud of insects will come flying up out of the pot. And that's your indication you have a fungus gnat infestation. They feed on fungus. So there is fungus naturally in uh, any of your potting mixes, but the moister you keep the the potting mix, the more fungus you have. So what you got to do is cut back on your watering. So you've got the plant drying down more between waterings. Water thoroughly when you water, but dry down between. And go to the store and buy something called sticky sticks. So sticky S-T-I-X, sticks. They're, it's like the old flypaper. So you follow the instructions, put these little sticky yellow cards on stakes in and around your plants where you suspect fungus gnats. And it will take a week or two, but you will eliminate the, the population over that period of time. And it works like a charm. I'm sorry, I didn't get a name. Uh, sticky of what, the insect? Yes. Fungus? The Nats. name of what I'm supposed to buy. Okay, sticky, sticky, S-T-I-C-K-Y. Correct. And then S-T-I-X. Where sticky would sticks. I buy that? What store? Oh, any home store. Anybody. Home hardware, Canadian Tire, Home, home Depot, Depot a garden center. Yeah, I knew we had it. as well. <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't hear you. Uh, yes. So you know what? Uh, any any home store, any garden center, any Canadian Tire home how hardware. How do I use it? Follow the instructions on the box. Thanks, BB. Okay. Thanks, BB. Okay. Got to go to our next caller. We have Diane on the line, and she's calling from Dorchester. Welcome to the Garden Show, Diane. Yes, I'm having difficulty hearing you. It's just like crackling down the line. But anyway, oh. thank you for taking my call, and I hope you had a nice trip in Venezuela, uh, Charlie. Um, my concern is um, we've been listening, and we left the, all the leaves in the flower bed this year. 
uh, because we didn't realize that, you know, there are some beneficial insects that uh, winter over in there, especially we were told the, the queen bee likes to hide in there. But two weeks ago, we had a really, really good uh, weather down here in Dorchester. And I saw some of my neighbors out raking their lawn. My son, for the first time ever, because he didn't get it done in the fall, he went and took all. Oh, shoot. Oh, I just lost me. Oh, there we are. Are you there? Yes, we are. I'm sorry. Yes, something does seem to be odd here with our connections. Uh, Okay, so your son, was he took all the leaves off his garden? Touched ours yet. So when is a good time? Because um, when should the the bees be coming out and their eggs or whatever that are going to be laid in there? I don't want to be throwing them in a in a bag and disposing of it. Uh, you know when uh, when it's nice and warm and that. Uh, this is why we're leaving it. So you know we're trying to um, uh, be proactive in in keeping the bees alive. Okay, so. Um, Diane, it might be better for you if you hang up the phone and then turn your radio up if you're having issues with hearing us. I'm not sure exactly what's going on, but that often works. I can hear you. I can hear you right now. But uh, and the crackling has stopped. But I don't know what that was. Could be on my phone. No, I'm not sure either. All right. So here's the bottom line. I'm glad you put leaves on your lawn or on your gardens. Hopefully they are, uh, if they're big leaves, like maple leaves, you chop them up with a lawnmower or something so that they're not big, huge leaves on top of the flower beds. Because the big, flat maple leaves will suffocate what's below, whether it's a bee or a plant. You want the when the leaves go on the gardens to be chopped up small, or maybe they're small leaves to start. You don't have to chop them at all. But either way, up to four inches of leaves piled on top of the flower beds. Excellent idea in the fall. It is only February. Please be patient. Remain calm. I understand people were raking their lawns. They shouldn't have been. Uh, or removing leaves. They shouldn't be. If you're, we get blips of warm weather and you're worried that little creatures or plants want to poke through, you don't want them poking through in February. You want to keep those leaves in place. You want to keep those plants dormant until we're really into spring, which might be March or April. But either way, we don't want to encourage anything to wake up, whether it's insects or plants yet. So uh, leave your leaves alone. Once we get to the warmer spring weather, yes, you can get out there with your gloves, move the leaves around where you know you've got things like hostas that want to come up. Do not ever remove the leaves. Just move them around. Give uh, with your fingers, nothing fancy, no shoveling or raking or anything like that. And you'll find that by um, late May, early June, the leaves will have disappeared. They will have decomposed and you will have um, added some great organic material to your soil. So that's that's the bottom line with leaves on the flower beds is leave them alone. Okie doke. Okay, so thank you for the call there, Diane. And we're going to move right along. We have another call on the line. We've got Jean from Newmarket. Welcome to the Garden Show, Jean. Good morning. And Charlie, this is your number one fan. I am now getting... <laughs> morning, Jean. <laughs> I am now getting asked about flower care or plant care from neighbors. And I, that's the height <laughs> of... I say, I, but I give you the, the uh, credit. I say, I will ask Charlie Dobbin on Saturday morning. So I'm trying to get them to listen in. Um, this person has a palm tree, and they get the sun from the west 
and it's in the window, and it's kind of like the ones that you'd buy at Home Home Depot, Um, Mm. but he doesn't have a watering routine, Mm. so please help. It's pretty (laughs) scrawny, and it doesn't look very healthy, but it's still about three feet tall, the, the fronds, or that's what you call them. Yeah, so there's a a number of different palms that are commonly sold at the garden centers and the the home stores. Arika palm is one of the most common. He may or may not have had a tag with it when he got it. Most palms, there are a few that, that handle just an indirect light, but most palms want direct light. So they want to be in a very bright spot in your home. Hopefully he has like patio doors or something where he's got a nice bright spot um, because the more sun, the better when it comes to palm trees. The watering routine, if it's a fairly big pot, which it probably is about a 10 inch pot, he should get one of those moisture meters. So same store he bought the, the palm tree, he can get this little gizmo it's a probe with a meter on the top and you put the probe into the soil goes down about you know 10 inches or so and tells you the moisture level well down below the surface because it's very hard to know how much moisture you know we feel the surface and it feels dry but there could be lots of moisture down below so a moisture meter will help him ensure that the plant is being watered thoroughly but is allowed to pretty well dry up dry not totally dry but you know get right down be so it'll go wet moist dry so you want to not be wet when you're watering and you don't even want to be moist when you're watering you want to be about halfway down to the dry and then he'll water he'll have a tray so that when he waters the water goes through the drainage holes and slowly gets absorbed back up into the plant and doesn't water again until the meter tells him to and fertilizing, all of us are going to start fertilizing very soon. Could start even now with just a general all-purpose fertilizer every month for plants like our palm trees. Many of our house plants want to get growing. The days are clearly longer. So a little fertilizer can really give them a boost. So remember, in a pot, the, the mix of so- it's not really soil in the pot and it has no fertility. So we have to feed our potted plants in order to really help them thrive. Thank you. You are amazing. Take care, folks. Bye. Thank you for calling. Thanks, Thanks so much, Jean. Uh, numbers to call us, 416-360-0740. That's the Toronto number. Or if you live outside Toronto, anywhere in this province of Ontario, it is, this is a toll-free number, 1-866-740-4740. We have Paul Oliver uh, with us today, who uh, who is uh, his stores are the uh, Urban Nature Stores, and I have been into one of those, and they're just glorious. It's like... You know, yeah, I had to I had to rein myself bought back, Paul, because there so many really, really, really nice things in there. And I took a few mm-hmm. home with me and uh, they are they're doing well. You sell everything. What you sell seed, you sell feeders. Is there any, uh, you sell everything? We, yeah, we do the feeders, uh, optics, everything you need to enjoy wild birding and then also a lot of nature themed gifts for kids and adults and uh, things like that. So you can do all your holiday shopping, you can do all your Valentine's, Mother's Day gift shopping, everything that's coming up. Yeah, Maybe Father's puzzles. Day for your uh, dad oh, yeah. who likes to bird like me. <laughs> I was going to say, you might want to plant a seed on that one, Dean. <laughs> okay, let's go to our next caller. We have Kathy from Niagara Falls. Welcome to the Garden Show, Kathy. Hi. Good morning. Good morning. 
The reason I'm calling is uh, Paul said that the robins go away for the winter, and when we used to ski through the Bruce Trail, there was like lots of pine trees everywhere, and there was hundreds of robins in the middle of the winter. So I don't think all the robins go uh, south for the winter anymore. Oh, yeah, the, that, that's just actually a, a, a good comment. Um, yeah, robins aren't a migratory bird in so much as they head to Florida or to Mexico or um, that during the winter. They're one of those birds that gradually move a bit south as their food supply disappears or as the winter gets colder. So mm-hmm. some seasons they may move from Toronto down to New York State or down into Tennessee or Kentucky, uh, and then they actually move back further north. So in Toronto, I get a fair number of robins that are actually from northern Ontario that come down and spend the winter here because it's a bit warmer in the urban area. Um, and then some of the ones that are here would have moved a bit further south. Um, but what you and that's one of the reasons we see them early in the spring is they're one of the first birds that have started to move back as soon as they start to get the first sign of warm weather where they've uh, relocated for short term for a month or two and then they move north okay and and they're becoming more common that's one of the things we're seeing more of as the climate is warming up less of them are moving less of them are migrating and they're but they're still looking for as much food source uh, during that uh, winter period i've noticed that i don't have any chickadees anymore i used to have lots of chickadees and all of a sudden I don't have any chickadees. I I got juncos and all kinds of other birds, but no chickadees. And I'm just wondering if something's happened to them. I I don't think that there's been a big change in the overall chickadee population, and that's actually one of the really good things about doing the bird count is that we actually get a better idea as to whether individual um, uh, groups of birds have declined or increased. But sometimes it's a migratory. They may be in an area. Another bird has moved into the area that is eating the same food, so there's more stress on the food supply in the area. So the chickadees may have moved or the finches may have moved. And so it's not uncommon to have a lot of chickadees for a while, and then they get replaced by uh, another um, type of bird um, that has moved into the area. Um, and um, But those are the things that we watch for very closely on the on the bird count uh, results to see if, if blue jays have gone up or down, chickadees have gone up or down, and and then what things we can do to help them. Mm-hmm. I guess I have to get a computer so I can go on and tell you guys what birds I've got around here. <laughs> yeah, good idea. Well, And you can also mail in. I mean, the, the bird count has been around for a long time. It was way before computers. So you can actually fill out checklists, but you would still need to go on a computer to print off the, the way to fill out where to mail off your, your checklists. Yeah. Um, so local library might help but it is if you, anybody ha- has a computer in front of them right now you go to the real-time checklist submissions on the great backyard bird count or birdcount.org it's very active there's a lot of and it's crazy because there's people in pakistan are somehow submitting now maybe they're not seeing birds now they're just submitting them now because it's got to be dark on the other side of the, the globe right now uh, but north america is very busy it's just just booming with bright lights of submissions coming in. Hmm. Okay, thanks. Yeah, thanks Thank for you. the call there, Kathy. Um, uh, Paul, uh, yeah. I want to ask Paul a question. Yeah, I want to um, ask Paul a question too. So yeah, you first, we're, show. we're burning up with questions to ask Paul. We got we got him here. So sometimes when people say like I, I'm not seeing uh, something like chickadees, for example, Kathy said, um, I, I have a neighbor who lives about two kilometers away, and he goes. 
all my Blue Jays disappeared. He said, I've got a Merlin in my neighborhood. And I think the Merlin ate all the Blue Jays. <laughs> and I was like, hold on. I think all your Blue Jays are at my house because I didn't used to have two dozen Blue Jays, but all of a sudden I do. So I think maybe your Merlin scared them over to my place. So is that possible that birds are, they're a little bit, um, you know, they're shopping the neighborhood, so to speak, when it comes to places to hang out? Oh, oh, definitely. And it's also the difference between whether you've got flocking birds or you've got uh, coupled birds like uh, cardinals, um, Mm -hmm. that they actually will move as competitors come into the area. So even in my backyard, very simple thing, I have a pair of cardinals. Um, If the feeder gets too busy with a whole bunch of um, pinches or um, uh, chickadees, um, the cardinals disappear. Mm. When the cardinals move, when the chickadees move on to another feeder, then the cardinals will come back. And it's just that one of those things that, as more birds move in, more co- competition for food, more competition for nesting areas, they may say, okay, now we're going to go do our nesting. We don't want to. This is too busy an area, so they'll move on to somewhere else. And, and certainly, and cardinals uh, cardinals are really um, shy, or maybe that's not the right word, but they're very, very careful when they come out into the open. Yeah, they're a cautious bird, and it, yeah. it's partly, even though he's a big bird, um, mm-hmm. but because he's a paired bird and he's always there with his wife, um, and um, so he's super cautious, whereas mm-hmm. chickadees, it's just a whole gang of chickadees that will show up. Yeah. And, uh, Same with blue jays. Around. Blue it's jays a- as well, um, um, they'll flock together, but they'll also be often out by them themselves, um, but even just a... a a blue jay showing up in the area can scare away a uh, mother wren. She won't want to nest in that area because mm-hmm. of a bigger aggressive bird. And um, so that you'll get that. And it, it's always interesting when you're um, when I'm at events like CT Saturdays and that one person will come along and say, my chickadees have all disappeared. And then the next mm-hmm. person I'll talk to, oh, I've got so many chickadees this year. <laughs> <laughs> and then the next person, my blue jays are gone. And then and then two minutes later, someone else will come by and say, they've got more blue jays. And um, <laughs> it's just that it is that movement around as food sources disappear or habitats change. Um, and then the other big thing is when, when a, a predator bird shows up that'll clear a lot of birds out in that area and then they'll come back gradually as that predator bird moves on paul just before we go to break which we have to do in a moment um you something that that you bring up every time you come along here on the show is water and um you know i i wonder if we sort of underrate that because i see a lot of people carrying around a lot of seed but uh i think sometimes we underestimate how important water is for the birds in the winter yeah, it, it's really important uh, for birds, and in particular in urban areas that we've built up, because one of the things we do is we actually narrow the old uh, rivers and the meandering streams and that to make them faster flowing. So a lot of the natural water sources have disappeared because they're just too fast, too aggressive, too steep for the birds to use. So we have to be putting out uh, bird baths. We have to put out waterers and things like that for for the birds. Wintertime is particularly an important time, but any time throughout the season, water is very important to the birds and uh, because the, a lot of their natural uh, water sources have been redirected um, in urban planning that uh, just make them uh, uh, unusable because the, the baby birds can't go into a fast-moving water stream. Gotcha. Okay, we have to go to break. Uh, we will be right back with much more on The Garden Show. Happy birthday to you. Hey, Bye. where's mom going? She hasn't even opened her presents. Well, son, she just turned 65, which means... 
There's new offers for her at Specsavers. What? Yep, an eye exam now costs her nothing, and she can get 30% off lens upgrades with any pair of glasses. Wow. So, can we cut the cake now? You betcha. No-cost eye exams are for eligible seniors at all participating locations with costs covered by provincial health care. Conditions apply. See specsavers.ca. Fur and feathers and bugs of all size. There's more going on in the garden than you realize. Should small creatures become a big problem, then you've got The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Exclusively on Zoomer Radio. Yes, indeed. We are back here on The Garden Show, and we're going to go right to our next caller. We have Mary on the line. Well, from Toronto, welcome to The Garden Show, Mary. Oh, good morning to both of you and Mr. Birdman. Um, (laughs) I have a couple of questions. Is there such a thing as a squirrel-proof bird feeder? I've bought different ones, you know, the ones where they stand on it, but within half an hour they hang upside down and they've defeated it. And I bought another one, and luckily they took it back. Is there such a thing as a squirrel-proof? Yes, there is, Um, and some can work extremely well, but it's both the feeder and also how you hang it and what you're putting in it. Okay, and so... On the backyard uh, clothesline, I've even bought a pipe sort to put on it where they can't really stand on it. I put a plastic dome over it, you know, over the feeder, <laughs> and I try to buy, you know, the best bird feed. I, I'm a senior on a fixed income, so I can't afford the gourmet, but I try to buy the best one I can without too much millet or corn. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so when you're selecting a, a scroll-proof feeder, keep in mind the 12-inch rule. You want it at least 12 inches, if not longer, from where he can actually wrap his tail and hang upside down to get to the, the food source. And oh. the other is making sure it's at least 12 inches away from anywhere where he can actually go up a tree, reach over and pull the feeder to him. There's well, one line is, that I... actually. Uh, I measured it the distance from the fence to the feeder. It's almost like 16 or 18 inches or more. Okay. Yeah. But so, so that should be good. Um, wh- what I was going to say is a really good line of, of squirrel-proof feeders is, uh, is a company out of Knowlton, Quebec, and they make um, the Squirrel Buster line. It's the Br- Brome is the name of the company. They make about eight or nine different styles of them, different sizes and things like that. Um, but they're all really, really tested well. I use both three of them around my house. Um, and a um, couple of things about them is wherever the, the um, squirrel comes into contact with the feeder, it, it's a weight-based. It has actually metal so that they're not able to chew through any plastic and get at the seed that way. The seed's protected inside the feeder. Um, but it's, it's, it's one you want to make sure that the moving mechanism is always tightened or loosened appropriately um, so that it is actually, if it's smaller squirrels in the springtime, it's a bit looser. If it's bigger squirrels, it's, it's heavier. It can be so adjusted so uh, tightly or differently that you can even exclude large birds like grackles on it. Um, and they come with a lifetime warranty. Um, they're very durable, um, but they do require a little bit of playing that first little week or so that you get out because the squirrel is going to be intrigued by it. The squirrel is going to spend 24 hours a day trying to get into it to defeat it. Um, but the, um, we get huge, great feedback on the whole squirrel buster um, line of feeders. And I've used them firsthand myself and I, I swear by them. And in mine, I just use sunflower hearts, which is deshelled, 
nothing falls onto the ground, so it, there's nothing falling onto the ground to attract the um, squirrels to the area. And the other thing with squirrel busters or with any feeder that you're trying to select is try to find one where the bird actually has to reach inside the portal to get the food out as opposed to just it being at the opening edge. Um, that reaching in also means that the seed's not falling out. It also means that when the squirrel jumps on it, he's not able to shake the feeder and get it to fall to the ground. And um, it also just means that it's not as messy around around the feeder when the, when the bird is actually reaching in there. But now, with I any bought squirrel the sunflower fruit, hearts last year, and I uh-huh. used them. Do you carry the squirrel buster line of uh, feeders? Yes, we do. We carry the, the whole line of them, and they make them for suet feeders. They make them for peanuts. They make them for um, regular seed. They have big sizes, small sizes, um, and they've really, really worked on it. And it's a small family company out of Knowlton, Quebec, that makes them. And, um, but they do an excellent job of uh, that, uh, and we get really good feedback. Um, nothing is 100%. You may get one squirrel that is going to spend is the Albert Einstein of the gang um, who is able to figure out how to shimmy this way, this way, and that way. But 99.9% of the squirrels, it keeps out. Yeah, here's something happy. It was last week or whenever we had that really cold day uh, due to surgery. I haven't been able to put on my heated uh, bird bath for water. I use a long aluminum roasting pan. And for the first time, even from last year, I had it had to be eight to ten one time and then a row of six uh, sparrows taking bats. I had to refill it. It was so nice. But I have not had chickadees for at least 10 years, and that's way before. We only had hawks the odd time a couple of years ago, but I have not had chickadees at least 10 years, maybe 15, and I don't know why. Hmm. Okay, thanks so much for the call there, Mary. Yeah, And uh, I have to say that I do have chickadees. And, uh, <laughs> they're, actually, they're in Collingwood. They're, they're in Collingwood. They're and not. I guess, uh, Paul, I, I actually I find that we live in, in harmony with the squirrels, which also need to eat as well. So I'm spaced far enough from my trees and far enough from the house that they cannot get up the poles. Um, and so uh, they just happily just sit at the bottom and they eat the stuff that spills down from time to time. But yep. also, and, uh, you just have to come to that natural balance with them and uh, sort of a yep. detente with your squirrels. <laughs> huh. yeah. but, but also point out, Dean, you use Vaseline on your poles. I do. I put I put like uh, like a Vaseline just on the poles so they can't climb up it. And um, and as I say, I'm about 10 feet away from uh, like three 50 foot carnivorous trees, which gives a lot of shelter for the birds. And I'm another 10, 12 feet from the house. And so it just they can't get up them. Yeah, that's good. That works. Yeah. Okay. Uh, let's go to a quick break and we'll be back with much more on the garden show. Happy birthday to you. Hey, Bye. where's mom going? She hasn't even opened her presents. Well, son, she just turned 65, which means there's new offers for her at Specsavers. What? Yep. An eye exam now costs her nothing and she can get 30% off lens upgrades with any pair of glasses. Wow. So can we cut the cake now? You betcha. No-cost eye exams are for eligible seniors at all participating locations with costs covered by provincial health care. Conditions apply. See specsavers.ca. Daffodils and daisies, bluebells and begonias, forsythia and foxgloves, marigolds, magnolia, lavender and lupins, dahlias, delphiniums, stalks, flocks, hollyhocks, tulips and sweetwilliams. You've picked the right place for everything floral. 
This is The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin, exclusively on Zoomer Radio. Okay, we are back here on The Garden Show on this 17th of February. Nice snowy day, and we have Paul Oliver with us. Uh, we're going to go to our next caller. We have Bill on the line from Pickering. Welcome to The Garden Show, Bill. Good morning. How are you? Morning. Well, yeah, what do you got for Charlie there, Bill? You were talking about... Um, <clears throat> uh, Oh, sorry. Those little bugs, those gnats. Uh, yep. gnats. Fungus gnats. Uh, yep. A couple of months ago, <clears throat> back in the fall, I think I was talking with you, and I had seen online hydrogen peroxide and water, one hydrogen peroxide to four water, and just spray it on the soil probably once a week for a while, and <clears throat> then every, once every couple of weeks, and along with the sticky sticks, seems to have cut them back Oh, I don't know, 90%? Yeah, yeah. hydrogen peroxide will kill them. It's also hard on the plants, so you have Is to it? be aware of that. That it's um, Plants prefer water than hydrogen peroxide. So, it, yeah, mixing it carefully, one to four, like you said, and then using it, what, were you using it like every second watering or every third watering or every watering? Uh, I, I maintain my regular watering. But I have it in a spray bottle, and I just sprayed the surface. Oh, I see. Yeah, sprayed. Okay, good idea. And that seems yeah. to work. And um, I'm also going to try getting some fine mesh or just cloth. And most of mine, I'm doing geraniums and geranium, Bill. Uh, geraniums mm. and um, one other type of plant. So most of them are all the same. I'm going to test, try it mm. with this very fine mesh screen or cloth and cut it. So that it fits around the stem and sits on top of the plant, on top of the uh, soil. Sure, like a cheesecloth or something like that could work. Um, yeah, I mean, that's the idea of floating row covers, something that we use outside in the spring. It's just a very, very fine mesh. Keeps the insects away from plants at w during the susceptible time of year and also does provide a certain amount of warmth, both in the fall and the spring. So early and late in the season, row covers are often used in the in the garden. So, yeah, good idea. Let us know how that works. Okay. Talk to you okay. in a few weeks. Yeah, yeah right. thanks, thanks, thanks for, for the call there, Bill. Uh, we're going to go to our Becky is next. Uh, she's calling from Brampton. Welcome to the Garden Show, Becky. Hello there. Thanks for having mm -hmm. me. Um, I have found that if I pour water into my container from up high, in about mm -hmm. 10 minutes, the birds hear the waterfall. <laughs> and they're right there, like, looking for the words of fresh water. Really? Uh, so, and that, you're doing that into a bird bath? I just put it on the ground, and then I pour wow. about a foot, two feet high into the, into huh. the container, wow. and they hear the splashing. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Birds, birds will Good idea. Birds will definitely be attracted when they hear the sound of music or sound of water sloshing <laughs> around, or they can actually see it bubbling up like the little solar fountains in your bird bath really attract huh. them. The water wigglers just keep a little bit of the movement there um, because they're so sensitive to where water is and they're always looking for it. And yeah. so any type of thing that tells them there's a little water around the corner will bring the birds out. The African Violet Society is coming up on April the 2nd at the Botanical Gardens. Mm -hmm. Okay, I got it. And I'll, I'll... Uh, they're, they're having a judging school if anybody wants to learn the professional side of how a judge does a thing. And wow. the other thing is people could join the Hort Societies even if they mm -hmm. live in, the, in a condo. I agree. Yes, because there's a lot of social benefits as well as learning. 
Exactly. It's a community, the the gardening community, you know, whether you grow potatoes or not, it's fun to talk, to hang out with a bunch of people that like getting dirty, just like you do. Thank you for taking my call. Yep. Thanks, Becky. Thanks for the call, Becky. Uh, okay, let's try and do this last one real, real quick. We got Jean from Newmarket calling. Welcome back to the Garden Show. Jean. I'll be real quick. Charlie, this man has a money tree and it's not doing so well. It faces the north. And he gives it an ice cube every week. What do I do? Okay, so uh, what's called a money tree can be a couple of different things. Assuming it's Dracaena, which it often is, and assuming it's growing in some kind of pebbles, which is why he's probably doing the ice cube, it's not in soil, right? Mm, I can't answer that. I don't know. All right. Yeah, you know what? Get whoever this person is to send me a photograph so I can tell you better what to. If it is a form of Dracaena, which it often is, it does not need to be right in a window. It just it can be 10 feet away from a window. Bright, indirect light is what it wants. Ice cubes I'm not a fan of, so I'd like to see what it's growing in, and then I'm in a better position to help. Please, can I have your um, email address? Yes. Go ahead, Dean. Yeah, it's C. Dobbin at mzmedia.com. Okay, cool. I'll repeat that again once uh, at the end of the show. Okay, thanks, Gene. Yes. And Actually, almost, we are at the end of the show. <laughs> almost at the end of the show. <laughs> just Paul, to, uh, any, just if Paul had anything you wanted to share. We didn't get a lot of bird questions, but did is there anything we didn't cover off that you'd like to let us know about? No, just make sure those feeders are filled uh, now that we've got the snow back and the birds are struggling to find a little bit of uh, nutrients. Right. And and have you got any good uh, sort of promotions coming up uh, at the Urban Nature Store? Uh, We always have promotions uh, coming up. I I think during the uh, right now we've got buy two suets, get one uh, free for Armstrong suet. Uh, Suet is so important. uh, That extra fatty uh, food during the wintertime for for the birds is great. And we should have an announcement coming up shortly on a new store in the Hamilton area. Sweet. Mm-hmm. So urbannaturestore.ca for more information. Thank you so much for joining us. I really appreciate it. It's always oh. good to get a, you know, the, the expertise that you bring is really appreciated. Yeah, always Thanks, my Paul. pleasure. Uh, and very quickly, Charlie, just got mm-hmm. an email. I got an email from a Gloria in Porcupine who said, who confirmed what you said earlier. You can go to any library and you can contribute to the bird count. That's right. So thanks, everybody. Thank you for joining us. Thank you for your great questions. Keep counting those birds. Enjoy family weekend. See you, next, see you again next week. This has been an exclusive podcast of The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Heard every Saturday morning at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.